It's June the 7th and we're reading through the Bible. Our Old Testament reading today is found in 2 Chronicles chapters 23, 24, and 25. We're going to read three chapters. They're pretty brief, but they're filled with important information and encouraging points of contact, at least with these Old Testament kings like Joash, who is in chapter 23 made the king and the bad and wicked evil Queen Athaliah is executed, which uh, is a good thing in the sense that she was out to destroy the Davidic line. She was working against the will of God. She was a murderer, and uh, justice finally came and caught up with Queen Athaliah. We then see Joash make this great covenant with uh, God about the people seeing themselves as God's possession. Uh, how important that is, it's just a great possession. Uh, perspective to have that we are gods, that he owns us, that he, even as he poetically says in the Old Testament, it's like he writes uh, his name on us and we're writing his name on, you know, our palms, that great statement in in the prophets or even in the New Testament about uh, God promising to put his name upon his people. That is just a picture of possession and it's a good way to think. And that's the covenant that Joash has the people make. They enter into this covenant together. In chapter 24, it's a building project. It's a refurbishment project. He's putting money into the worship center, which is always a reflection of the priority of God's people. And to make it excellent as they were seeking to do, I think is such an important and even a current concept in our own mind that we want to make sure that when we come to church, it's reflecting the kind of priority and value that we have, that we think God is worthy of excellence and worthy of majesty and worthy of praise. I know we don't have an Old Testament uh, worship center, a temple the way that they did, but we need to see it as a priority. And, you know, it takes funds and he raises those funds and... uh, that was important. Sadly, in the middle of that chapter, he gets political and ends up putting to death uh, 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 Jehoiada's son, uh, which is a sad thing because he just, I, unfortunately, puts his finger in the air and sees the political winds blowing and makes a decision that is just not good and not right. Uh, and so that was a sad little addendum on Joash's life. Uh, Amaziah becomes king in chapter 25. Uh, he is right out of the gate described as someone who has a half-hearted allegiance to the Lord, which you know is just a setup for waiting to see what price it would take for uh, him to compromise. And Amaziah does compromise. He defeats the Edomites, but then ends up bowing to their gods. And in that loses the uh, favor and the support that God so badly wanted to give each king of Israel. And so this was a sad scene at the end of chapter 25. Our New Testament reading is found in John chapter 16 verses 16 through 33 the second half of this chapter and right out of the gate we see Jesus warning them and preparing them emotionally for his departure and it was going to be a sad thing and he wanted to let them know that be ready for that difficulty physically of not having Jesus there in their midst not only when he went to the cross and died but even after his ascension there was this sense in which the personal face-to-face contact with Jesus was going to be gone. And he's saying, listen, I'm preparing you for this in two ways. One is to have you pray. He talks about them asking. Start to give yourself to prayer and and, and seek God and tell him what you need. And God will respond uh, in terms of the things that we need to sustain our heart in the mission that God has called us to. And then he says, in the world, which is true for them and true for us, you're going to have tribulation. That Greek word flipsis is the word to, to press down upon. And it's not God pressing down on the earth with his wrath, as it says in the book of Revelation. That's a kind of tribulation that's yet to come, but it's the pressing down of the world against us, their wrath against the church. And the Bible says you're always going to have that. We saw in chapter 15, if they hated uh, you, they're going to, if they hated me, rather, Jesus said, they're going to hate you. So there's going to be that tribulation. He said, but take heart. I'm giving you a kind of peace that is going to be in the interior of your life because of the spirit 
Take heart, I've overcome the world, as he said in John 14. I'm going to return. I'm going to take you unto myself that where I am, you may be also. So our eschatological hope of God's consummation of all things is to carry them through, along with, of course, the amazing resource of God's Spirit and the access we have to God in prayer. Our community imperative for the day is found in 1 Thessalonians chapter 3. We're still in chapter 3. Actually, we were in, what was it, verse 9 yesterday? We're in verse 10 today. He says, As we pray most earnestly night and day that we may see you face to face and supply what is lacking in your faith. Think about that. I want, he says, to come and be face to face with you. I want those personal face to face contacts with the people of God. And then he says, What I want to do is supply what's lacking in your faith. That's a way that Paul liked to talk about the fact that he wanted to be supplying them something through through his gifts, through his presence, through his teaching, just through his encouragement that would make them better Christians. I put it this way, pray for more service-filled fellowship, more service-filled fellowship. I want you to think about that, to pray for, that's the imperative, for you to be praying, number one, that you would get face-to-face with God's people and that you would see your life as a way in which God can use you, your words, your presence, your thoughts, your encouragement as you come in those face-to-face contacts with God's people and that you would be a blessing to them, you would be a help to them. Pray that. Pray that not only right now, this morning, as you spend time in the Word, but pray it as you're driving into the neighborhood when you're going to meet at your small group leader's house and you're going to have a small group. Pray it as you're coming into the parking lot of the church for a church service and say, God, I want my life to be a blessing. So many people come to church wanting to get something out of it, which of course we should and we can and we do, but you need to walk into a room or an auditorium or a classroom as you meet with the people of God, having prayed just recently, not just night and day as you're leading up to those times of fellowship, but as you're actually pulling in saying, God, how can I be a blessing? How can I provide good things in their lives spiritually? So pray for more service-filled fellowship. And there's our imperative for the day. We'll be back tomorrow as we continue reading through the Bible.